Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. And it's also brought to you by the DC Unconvention 2017, the second annual conference for IT business owners. Learn from fellow techs and business owners, get strategies that work in the real world, and discover new tech. Learn more at unconvention.io. Today, we talk with Eric Metzner of Nowhere Computer Repair about being the go-to expert on local media. Specifically, Eric talks about the benefits he's seen from appearing as a guest on his local radio show. We learn how he's been able to parlay this into growth for his business and how you can do the same. Plus, Paco has some great actionable tips about how to make your newsletters perform better and how to encourage more engagement on social media. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to the show at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and then select See First so you can see the live stream jump to the top of your feed when we go live. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. We're excited to have you and our guest, Eric Metzner, who's going to be uh, digging into a cool little thing he's been doing with um, radio spots. So he's been like the resident expert on radio, and we're going to dig into how that's been helping his business and how you can kind of maybe do the same thing in your business. Uh, but before we jump into that, I um, want to uh, say hi to my co-host, Paco LeBron from Prodigy Techs. How you doing, Paco? Hi, Matt, over at TechSite Builder and Elador Consulting. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I want to give a, a little plug to your business because I never like, I always say like, hey, Paco, how you doing? And if someone's listening to the show for the first time, they're right. like, who is this Paco guy? No, I got you. <laughs> I, I, I was doing the same thing um, when I would be on the live show for Podnuts. And I'll yep. always say, you can catch me on the show or you can catch me on the Computer Business Podcast or the Computer Business Marketing Show. And then I got a couple emails saying, well, what if we want to talk to you specifically? Like, how do we get a hold yeah. of you and your bit? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, so I started adding really? that. <laughs> yep. So uh, I'm doing good. Um, it's been super busy the last uh, probably seven days of the month. My month started really fast. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of driving, um, doing a lot of work out in the Northwest suburbs. Um, partnered up with a uh, national service provider, onsite service provider that I used to work with. Uh, probably a couple of years ago or so um, they needed uh, a little bit of help. So helping them out with some stuff in between jobs that I have on my own. Um, so I got to pull out a lot of good stories on that one. But uh, for everyone that knows, I had went to the small business expo last Tuesday. Was it last Tuesday? Yeah. Last Tuesday. Um, be- oh, I'm sorry. Last Thursday. It was the uh, second. So a lot of good information, uh, a lot of good information. I had, there's tons of stuff that I have, but um, two quick bullets that I thought really stuck, stuck out was one with newsletters. Um, I know a lot of us are 
subscribe to a subscription for newsletters. We have potential people that are writing out our newsletters. And there was one thing that they were speaking on specifically that a a particular newsletter shouldn't have more than 20 lines in the particular newsletter with an image. Um, Apparently all due to, you know, attention and, you know, with all the emails that are coming up in, in the inbox, if you get a thousand word blog inside of the newsletter after the first paragraph, they kind of, you know, either get interrupted, they move on or whatever. So what was told was, so basically 20 lines is approximately 200 words is what I was told. And apparently the best way to do this is, or a couple ideas of how to do this. Um, and this was in two sessions. One, there was a marketing um, specialist that taught her class. And then there was a member from constant contact that was also um, teaching the workshop as well. And uh, I believe it was the one on constant contact that really emphasized the 20 lines and approximately 200 words. And what they were saying is the best way to do this is if you're using blog content to in your newsletters, the best way to do this is probably use the first paragraph of, and it's up to 20 lines and up to 200 words. It doesn't have to be the max 200 words. Use the first paragraph of your blog post. And then at the end, put read more with a hyperlink that will link it to your blog. Um, so they said that that would really help out images and a lot with, uh, headlines and tags to really drive traffic to your site, but also so that your newsletter isn't a lengthy thing for them to say, I'll get to it later. And then they forget. So that was a big piece that I got to. And another one that I thought was really cool, um, was we all tend to reply to comments on all of our social media platforms. Um, just so we can, and if you're not, you should be, um, to engage with your social audience, whether it's your Facebook page, Instagram, um, Twitter, et cetera, whatever uh, social media platforms your computer business decided to take on. Um, now what they were also saying was you should also reply to every like that you received on a particular post or comment. And what the argument was is that if that person took out the time to like your post, and you replying back to acknowledge them, you've just introduced them into your ecosystem and think that, hey, there's actually a face to the business and they're you know reachable, they're personable, they can actually, you can get a hold of them. And what you would reply, because my question was, okay, one, what would you reply to them? Because I've heard you should reply to all likes or do some type of engagement. Um, but I would think it would be platform specific, like the Instagrams of the world or the Snapchats, things like that doing those type of likes or those um, or those um, replies or the comments. So what she was saying was that the best way to do this is to basically acknowledge them. And it's a little hard to do on Facebook. I haven't figured out how to tag that person yet. Um, but essentially acknowledging them, thank you for liking our post. If there's anything that we can do in the future, please let us know. Or some type of variation of that, just making them feel welcome and that you acknowledge them on their page. So on your page, so that if you move forward, um, they basically are front of mind saying, hey, this guy's actually reached out on a cool thing that I liked. And it doesn't matter the platform. So that's the biggest piece that I took away from it because I already in my head was like, oh, I'll reply to all my likes on Instagram and I'll probably do some of those social pages. It doesn't matter the platform. Start replying to all your likes, including the comments to build a real big audience and uh, engagement with any of your posts or any activity that you do on your page. That's very cool. Yeah, I I never thought about that because- You know, when someone likes a post, it's it's still kind of passive. I mean, you know, it's, right. it takes two seconds to click like, and then you're kind of, you know, like you said, pulling them into your 
uh, into your world by actually acknowledging that they, they took action. Um, and then, you know, trying to get them to actually participate, which is kind of the next step that you want them to do to engage with you. Right. And, and I, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Um, uh, and you know, with, with Facebook, I know if you just put a comment and like put their name, you don't even have to try to tag them. Anyone who likes that post should get notifications anytime there's activity on that post. So if you just leave mm. a comment saying, Hey, Bob, thanks for liking the page. Let us know if we can help you with anything. They'll get that, you know, as a, as a notification, I think, uh, because yeah, but, they liked um, that post. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I Maybe. haven't tried, I haven't yeah. tested it out. I know for sure comments, like if you commented on a post, you'll get notifications right. of all the other comments. I'm not sure on, I haven't tested it out as of yet, yeah. but I did go I feel back. Like oh, I have. The other thing that she said was don't wait for something to happen now on go back to your previous posts on things that have li- that have liked. And especially mm. for those that are smaller in quantities, this should be easy to do. And she said that, let's say you get a post that has 25, 50, a hundred likes you don't have to, you know, rip them all <laughs> out in that one <laughs> sitting. You know, you could do 10 at a time, but eventually just make sure that you do acknowledge them because there isn't a time sensitivity on this. Plus, Facebook seeing you do this helps engage a little bit more of the Facebook juice as well or whatever platform you're doing on the social media engagement. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to give that a shot, see how that goes. Now, yeah. A good point about the, the newsletter as well, I think, um, or, or emails in general, I think should definitely be short and punchy. And really the point of any email you send is to have some kind of action be taken. So right. it's either that you want them to contact you or you want them to click through to your website to read the full story or to get more information or whatever. Um, yep. Yeah, because people are so uh, so um, attention starved and they want to get, they just want to clear out their inbox. They don't want to sit there and read emails for too long. So I can yep. see that for sure. And it's not a real big pushy way to do it too. And it's a great right. way to start your funnel. If they click read more, then it's okay to have at the end of your blog to say, if you need help, call us versus yeah. right away saying at the end of the, in the bottom of the newsletter, Hey, if you have any issues, give us a call. And I always was very back and forth on that last piece on some of the uh, white label newsletters that I have. It says, call us if you have any issue like that call to action and yeah. outside of them subscribing to it. So sometimes I would remove it. Or sometimes I would leave it just to see what was the better engagement of the open rate. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Great tips, man. Um, awesome. Uh, as far as what's going on with me, uh, just you know, kind of the same stuff. We uh, talked to last week a little bit about the Facebook ads we're running for the unconvention. Uh, we'll, we're still doing that. That's doing good. Uh, we've got, um, you know. So what I did is I set up six ads with different images, just kind of trying to test which images worked out the best. Um, some of the images were like the the logo or the uh, the graphic that we're using uh, on the unconvention website, and then some of them were of the last year's unconvention. And so the images that did the best were of a large group of people watching someone speak or engaged with someone. Um, and that's that seems to be the image that's been performing best in uh, in Facebook. So um, so my next round of tests is going to be to test the messaging and see what messaging gets the most clicks. Because right now my focus is just getting clicks. I want people to click on the ad, to click through to the unconvention website, learn about it, um, and then I want to capture the people who are showing interest and then remarket to them later with things like testimonials 
and uh, and more details about the like the different breakout sessions we're going to be doing in the labs and and stuff like that. So right now I'm just gauging interest and trying to find all the people who are interested in it by uh, capturing them when they click through on the ad. Um, and uh, so far so good. So uh, we'll see how that goes uh, over the next couple weeks. Um, see what works best. I'm going to be experimenting with like some video ads and stuff and, and see how those work. Um, a tip for the video ads. Um, I highly recommend that if you create a video ad on Facebook, you also get it uh, captioned, closed captioned. Uh, and that's because the majority of um, videos I'm finding about 75% of people who watch any of the videos on my page watch it muted with the volume off. Um, so you, you, you know, unless your videos like explosions and lots of flashing stuff, they're probably just going to not be interested and keep scrolling. So in order to get them interested, you want to have the, the caption so they can see what's being talked about and they can see if the video is relevant to them or not. Um, and so what I've been doing is I've been going to rev.com, which is a place you can go to get audio transcribed. And they also have this cool service that I just found out about where you upload a video and then they'll produce a closed caption file for you. Um, so they'll take the video and within like a, an hour or two, they'll give you a closed caption file. And then you, whenever you upload that video onto YouTube or Facebook, there's a place where it asks, do you have a caption file for this? And then you just upload that closed caption file. And it, you know, it times the words with times in the video so that uh, when the video plays, it automatically shows that closed caption. Even in YouTube, if you have the volume muted, it, it recognizes that you have the volume muted and it automatically starts displaying that caption video. So um, that's a cool little thing to do. It costs only a dollar per minute. So if you have a, a video ad, you know, it's probably only a minute or two. Um, then it's just a buck, a couple bucks for you to get it uh, closed captioned. So definitely worth it. Um, and it'll definitely help with the engagements with your videos. Uh, all right. So uh, speaking of Facebook, we also just wanted to mention some uh, happenings on the computer business marketing Facebook page. Um, specifically, the, there was a post posted earlier today um, asking, uh, you know, someone had uh about 20 bucks to spend on ads and they were asking, you know, whether they should spend it on AdWords versus Facebook. Um, and they were thinking, you know, Facebook might be the better way to go because the, it, it, the perception is your money goes farther with Facebook because you can get, you know, thousands of views and hundreds of clicks for only 20, 50, you know, less than a hundred bucks basically. Um, so that, and you can target a little bit better on Facebook, I think, because Facebook has a little bit more information about its users than Google does. Um, so, so that was the question: uh, What should he spend it on? And a lot of people were weighing in. Um, you know, there's there's still some some Facebook ad skeptics out there, and hopefully, they listen to this podcast and listen to some of the folks we have on talking about Facebook ads, uh, because Facebook ads is not something you just you know click a button to run, get a get a bunch of views, and then call it a day. Um, you really, you know, want to make sure you're you're setting it up right, and you're you're um, you're targeting it right, and you're letting it run for a long time, and you're capturing that information, and you're doing the remarketing and all of that stuff um, in order to make your ad successful. So it's cool to hear some folks are having success with Facebook ads, some folks are not. Um, but I think the key takeaway is that Facebook and AdWords ads are two different different types of ads with two different goals. Uh, with Facebook, you know, you're, you're in front of kind of a, um, 
a, a passive audience that's just, you know, scrolling through their newsfeed. You have to, you know, spend a lot of attention on getting their attention and then making sure that you, what you're promoting is something that isn't uh, too action oriented, like, you know, virus removal um, or, uh, you know, data recovery stuff that's like that they need done right now. Instead, you want to say, hey, you know, it's more like brand awareness, like, hey, we're a, a repair shop. Th- these are the things we do. Or, hey, you know, here's some helpful tips uh, that we're providing, um, stuff like that to, to reel people into your world. And then from there, then you can slowly start to pitch them. Whereas AdWords, that's, you know, people are searching for a particular thing at the moment that they're going to see your ad in the search results. So you want to target your AdWords ads on immediate needs like virus removal and data recovery and, and that kind of thing. Um, and there's, there's a whole different mindset around that. Um, and we've had guests on the, this show in both worlds. We had a Facebook ad expert. We had a PPC expert. Um, and they both talked about kind of the best ways to go about uh, structuring those. And they're two totally different worlds. So that's something to, uh, to check out. Um, good stuff happening in the Facebook group. So again, um, if you're not in the group, why not? <laughs> and then head on over, uh, just uh, search for computer business marketing in Facebook. It should be the first group that shows up. It's called computer business marketing tips and tricks. Uh, jump on in there. We'll, we'll be happy to have you. There's a lot of fun conversations going on in that group. Eric is a contributor there. He, he's, uh, always has some, some interesting insights. Uh, Paco jumps in every now and then. <laughs> so, uh, we're all hanging out over there. Um, uh, and we'd like to see you there too. Okay. Uh, before we jump into the feature topic, uh, I want to give a first shout out to our first sponsor and that is TechSite Builder. That is, uh, my company that will help you have an effective website for your computer business. Um, tech site builder is, uh, what my goal with tech site builder is to make it a, a DIY platform. So you're not, you know, held prisoner by your web developer or your web person. Um, so you're able to, you know, do what you want with your website, but you don't have all the headaches that come along with building your own website. Like for example, getting a server set up or getting a hosting account, installing WordPress, installing plugins, installing themes, keeping all of that stuff updated, wondering what theme or plugin you should be using and, and how to speed it up and how to keep it secure. All that stuff that you really don't need to be worried about and you shouldn't be worrying about. We take care of that. So you can focus on building a website that speaks to your clients. Um, along those lines, we just released a video for, uh, for Tech Site Builder talking about how to construct a, uh, landing page, uh, for your website. So a landing page where, uh, if someone clicks through on an ad or something like that for your, for your business and they land on your website, you want to make sure you have a nice optimized page for them that speaks specifically to the ad that you, that you had them click through. So if you have an ad for virus removal, then you want your landing page to say, Hey, we're the virus removal experts, a quick blurb about what you do, and then a nice big opt-in form that they can fill out to contact you or your phone number or something so that they can take action. You want to remove any kind of extraneous uh, details like your navigation menu, uh, like your sidebar, like your footer, all that stuff that can distract them away from what they want to do, which is contact you. Um, so I walk you through that in a video. And Tech Site Builder with the new page builder makes it very easy for you to create your own landing page. Uh, and you can follow along with me in the video, or you can use that for some ideas where you can make 
your own page. Um, I did that with Paco's website, uh, created a uh, landing page for him. So he's going to start tracking that and start sending ads to that and, and see how that performs for him. And we will, uh, report back and make tweaks, you know, cause sometimes things don't work. It, it depends on your audience. It depends on, um, the service you're providing. It depends on lots of different things. So those landing pages are living pages. You should always be tweaking them, testing them, seeing what works, trying to increase the conversions off of those landing pages. All right. So, uh, if you want to create a landing page for your website in 30 minutes or less, uh, then TechSite Builder is for you. Head on over to TechSiteBuilder.com. And uh, speaking of TechSite Builder, our next guest on the show for the featured topic is a TechSite Builder user. His name is Eric Metzner, and uh, he is the owner of Nowhere Computer Repair. Uh, where are you guys located? In Colorado, right? We're in Yeah, we're in Grand Junction, Colorado. Grand Junction, Colorado. How you doing? No complaints thus far. How about yourself? <laughs> good, good. Thanks for uh, jumping on and being part of the show. Uh, you're um, a, you've been a listener to the to the previous podcast and to this podcast, and a tech site builder user. So you've been in this in our little you know group for a while, um, and uh, you know you're the type of person that we want to have on the show more often because you're mm-hmm. in the trenches. You're running a computer business, and you see what works and what doesn't work, and then you can hop on the show and report back to us. Um, so that you know you're the kind of guest that we're we're definitely love it to have on the show and and we're glad to have you here. Um so the the main reason we have you on is that you mentioned that you've been having some success with um with being on the radio. And that's something that not a lot of people um you know consider when uh they're looking at avenues to market their business. Um uh, so before we jump into all that, uh let's just give folks the quick uh, rundown of uh what your business does, how long you've been running it. Um Quick, uh, maybe background on on how you got to where you are today. Oh goodness! Well, I've been in business for myself for five years now. This is our fifth year. Um, we're a, a tr- probably about sixty percent break fix shop. Um, moving into the managed space, um, gotten about thirty five to forty percent of my business is now managed, which is nice. Um, trying to move further into that space. Um, got the start my start in the computer business almost 20 years ago, um, as a graphic designer, actually, um, doing um, ads for um, advertising books that were given out at sporting events. And I would do the layouts, design, and all that fun stuff. And once they started getting beyond the point of where I would draw something, scan it, and then digitize it um, to where I had to start doing the layout. And then, of course, when the internet started becoming a thing, I started designing the website. So I moved to web design and then being the guy in the office that was always on the computer, whenever any of the computers went down, I was expected to fix them. So I just started fixing the computers around the office. And then, you know, some of the people in the shop would, you know, hey, I've got this home machine. Can you come by, take a look at it? So I'd go fix that and then started going to college. And my college friends would have computers that were messed up. So I'd fix those. And someone as a joke said, hey, why don't you get a job in a computer repair shop while you're in school? And I figured, sure, why not? And got a job in a computer repair shop and kept doing it and finished school and kept being a computer repair guy and eventually started my own business. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So that was an awesome $60,000 I spent on an education I don't use. <laughs> yes. I hear that. that. A, Stay I mean, in school though, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, and there's no like computer business entrepreneur degree, right? No, so, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's interesting how people find their way into owning a computer repair business 
And it's all different backgrounds that end up in this world that we're in. Uh, cool. So, uh, so what do you do uh, at Nowhere Computer Repair? You said you do just break, fix, and uh, manage services. How are you finding uh, the the managed services? How are you implementing that in your business? Primarily, I'm getting the managed clients through referrals. Actually, through through customers that I've been doing break, fix work for for a number of years, I'm converting them onto various maintenance plans. If they happen to be business owners, then starting to do some managed services for their um, machines at their businesses. Nice. And and what um, what are you using to manage? I, I think you're using Kubuto, right? I'm using Kubuto for my residential clients, and um, because I absolutely love Emsisoft anti malware, and I mean. The clients I put that anti malware on their computer, I don't see them as often for virus removal, but they like me more, so they refer <laughs> right. me more work. Um, and then for the businesses, I've been using Solar Winds Max Focus, and I am not happy with it at all. Mm. Yeah, I know it's it's tough. I, I always see folks uh, asking in in the various mm-hmm. groups and stuff. You know, what do you recommend for um, for business uh, managed service platform? Because I, I don't think any of them really are 100 percent perfect, and it's Kind they're, of they're, they're not. They're find not. the one that fits your your business and the services you want to provide and how you want to provide them. And sometimes that's a, just a quest of trying a bunch of them and seeing which one works. Yep. The yes. other quirks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's uh, let's talk about this radio stuff. Um, you know, uh, I I guess just kind of explain what you're doing on the radio for for your business. Well, well, first of all, when you say radio, it's not we're not talking about radio advertising. I mean, a lot of I know a lot of us business owners get the phone calls from the telemarketers trying to sell us on radio ads for a low price and low price and and for, you know, they guarantee so many listeners at certain hours. It's nothing like that, not at all. Um, for me, it was completely inadvertent. I did not intend to go this route. Um, I had a client a few years back, a little old fella, um, was having some email problems. Um, I helped him out, and it turns out his wife is sort of a local celebrity. She's been doing um, radio and television in my town for the past 20 or 30 years. She's been known for doing um, um, cooking-type shows, healthy eating-type stuff, um, gardening stuff, stuff like that, like home and garden type of stuff. Well, he mentioned that was his wife and that she was having some problems with her computer and asked if she can bring it by. I was like, yeah, of course, whatever. I mean, heck, this lady's been around so much. I met her when I was in middle school. She came to our school and spoke and all that. I mean, I was like 12 years old, so I knew who she was. So she came in, I fixed her computer, and she had a ton of questions. Um, She was asking at the time she was concerned about uh, Windows 8 uh, being so much different than Windows 7. She was a little worried. So I sat down for about half an hour, explained how things have changed and stuff like that. She goes, you know, this was really informative. I have this radio show I do every week. How would you like to come on and just answer some basic questions? Um, It'd be some free marketing for you and, you know, it'd be, you know, get your name out there. And I was like, sure, why the heck not? I've never been on the radio before. Let's give it a shot. So went and did a radio show. Um, It turned out to be one of the highest rated episodes that she had on her show. And so she uh, started having me on periodically. Every three-ish months I go on to her show. I'm going on again um, on the 24th of this month. And uh, we generally um, just talk about just whatever computer questions she has or if her listeners uh, send in some questions or we even had a couple of episodes where people called in. But the really cool thing about um, doing that kind of radio show is the exposure. Being that it's like a gardening food type of show, it got me a lot of the people that would go to like farmer's markets that go out to um, the big things here. We have an, uh, a corn festival every year. We have a strawberry festival. Peaches are really big here. And so the people that go to this kind of stuff that listen to our show hear me talking about computers and start as- associating me with expertise. 
And so these are people that you know are established and with a little more disposable income that call me with their problems. And so you know, clients with disposable income is good for all of us. That's what we want. We don't want the El Cheapo clients. We want people that want solutions to their problems or are willing to pay us for our expertise. So not only does it get my name known, it gets me some pretty darn good clients too. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's, I, I think radio is a very um, overlooked uh, medium for, for uh, advertising, first of all, but also for, for what you're doing as being a guest contributor. But I, I just, I just know that like, if I'm, looking for a service, uh, whether it's, you know, plumbing or a lawyer or whatever, I always remember the, the jingle or the, the thing I heard on the radio first, even over like TV for some reason, because I, I guess, cause it's, I'm, I'm in my car and I'm, I'm a captive audience. I, I'm not distracted by anything other than driving. Um, I always like remember the radio ads or the things I hear on the radio and even it, like the, for the contributor angle, I know there's a local news uh, station, where I live and they have, um, uh, you know, a computer guy come on every now and then to do a quick, you know, it's, it's almost just like a 60 second spot where they give like a tip or something. And I'm sure they're paying for it like a, like they would an advertisement, but it's, it's again, it's just like, it sticks in your ear and you really remember it. You remember their name. Um, you're happy. They, they gave you a, a useful tip and here you are on, how long are you on, on the show? Oh, it's an hour long show. Yeah, so hour. you're there for an hour. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure she's mentioning your business a few times, oh, yeah. your business name a few times. And uh and it's it's publicity, it's establishing yourself as an expert, it's um and it's you know, get just getting your brand in in the ears of the local area, which is exactly what you're going for. Well, what's really cool about doing that, I've been doing that for two or three years now, is um, so local television reporters have heard my spots so on the radio. So now whenever there's a question um, that they have and they need to interview something for a television spot, they'll come and talk to me. Like I was just on um, about the WannaCry ransomware um, about a month ago. And that's even more exposure, more people associating my name with expertise in the region. And that's even better. And I see on the comments that Brian asked if the radio exposure is helping me get um, better clients. The answer is yes, definitely so. Um, these are the, as I mentioned, these are the clients that have the disposable income. They're also the type of people that go to wine tastings, things like people that own businesses. So when you get into the uh, get in front of these people and they start associating you with this type of expertise, they're going to call you whenever they have a problem. And the cool thing is, I haven't paid a dime for any of this, and that's the really cool thing. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you, you kind of stumbled on this, um, but I, <laughs> Very think, much so. I think this is something that, that folks can, can actively pursue. Uh, yes. If there is, you know, a, a general uh, purpose radio show or like a home, like, what, what did you say? She does like home and garden type stuff. Yes. Yeah. If there's some, someone like that on your local radio, uh, it's worth it reaching out to them because they're looking for content. You know, they're doing a weekly radio show. And they, they need stuff to fill an hour or two or three or however long they're on. And they're constantly looking for stuff to, to feature and have on there. So I think it's definitely worth just reaching out to them. Um, I'm not sure the best way to do that. You might have to go through the station or find, you know, find them on social media or something. Uh, reach out to them and see if they'd be interested in having you on as a guest contributor. And then uh, I think, you know, it, it, that's worth it in itself. And like you said, you, you then get exposed to, uh, other opportunities, including TV opportunities, because I'm sure they all like run in the same circles and they all right. look for each other to get guests on their other things. And, and, you know, so once you're in that world, they start pulling f from, for you as a resource within that. 
So that's very cool. Definitely. And, and it doesn't hurt to, to approach. I've had, I've talked to some of our colleagues here um, that have, that were approaching local television stations with the WannaCry ransomware that came out that straight up just sent them messages on Facebook saying, Hey, if you need a local expert to talk to, interview me. And they came down and were interviewed and it gained them some publicity. Um, so yeah, it doesn't hurt to, to approach this. I mean, you're always going to stumble up, get lucky and stumble upon this stuff like I did. But, you know, just approaching some reporters, either on television or radio or newspaper, and be like, hey, there's this current event. I'm an expert in the field. Would you like to interview me for a story? We can do something. Because they're looking to fill content. You're looking to get publicity. You know, they can scratch your back. You scratch theirs. It's a win-win. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. And you should never be afraid, too, because there's often times where I, I think for me, the best way to get a hold of some of these type of people, whether it's uh, local reporters, those that are actively in the community, uh, things like that is Twitter. I've always had mm-hmm. much more um, better uh, interaction and engagement of connecting with someone and, you know, even trying to get them on several of the podcast shows or just on just particular topics or just talking to them in general. I find that I'm able to reach them uh, through the red tape in Twitter than I do with email because everyone has probably a generic email that's mm-hmm. either filtered through, answered by their assistant or other members of the team. And then there's basically that whole runaround. But if you look at some of their uh, Twitter accounts, you see that it's them you know, actively typing their statuses, where they're at, what they're doing. And um, that's another route for those that are just uncomfortable with sending an email because they feel like it's just going to fall in dead space. Twitter um, is probably a good route to go as well. um, If you have one set up and are semi-active of using it because they're going to look back at your profile and see if you're actually someone that they can talk to or just someone who just has the little blue bird on their profile picture and just (laughs) thinks that you just created it to just talk to everyone and get some type of spot. Right. And that, that also uh, leads into uh, the possibility of uh, contacting these reporters through LinkedIn, um, having a decent LinkedIn profile, and I, getting a hold of them that way. I've never done that myself, but it, it only follows, just like you mentioned with Twitter, that LinkedIn would be another avenue to approach um, these reporters and get your name out there and get on, you know, get some media. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, if it's good enough for, for the president of the United States to be this the actual you know real life tweeting stuff that just comes off the top of his head then why not you know you would assume that reporters and other folks are, are there live tweeting as well come on matthew that was a very cub fifi thing to say <laughs> all right we're not gonna delve into politics on this show but, uh, i'm not touching that with a 10 foot ball nope a 10 fifi i could not ignore <laughs> twitter and the president so uh anyways um Moving on. Well, actually, speaking of social media, I know you've got a project that you've been working on that's around social media. Um, do you want to kind of talk about that? It's it's like it's it's a social media service that you're providing to other computer business owners, right? It is. Um, actually, it's a project a friend of mine has started. Um, we've known each other since college, and she wanted to get into the business space. She's worked as a blogger and a copywriter for a long time and wanted to start doing um, kind of social media postings, like just kind of branching out to something new. And I like business stuff and like, you know, the whole entrepreneurial thing. So I was like, hey, I'll help you. Let's do this. Um, So we're starting a service to where um, we can handle blogging and social media postings for businesses, not just computer businesses, um, doing any kind of business. And right now the project is in beta. Um, We've got a few computer businesses on the beta we're testing things out with. We've got a few local businesses here in my city that we're testing things out things everywhere from like 
a liquor store to a delivery agency to you know one of the local health clinics just to check and see what kind of, of traction this gets. And we're getting some interesting results in this beta. And we've probably got a couple more weeks left in it and before we're comfortable uh, releasing the service full time. But it's, it's looking really good. And it's taught me a lot, about, a lot about the way social media marketing works, actually, and how that, that, that sales funnel in the social media space works as well. Yeah, what, what are some of the interesting takeaways that you've noticed so far? The big thing I've learned is, isn't so much, well, the, the two takeaway lessons are one, consistency. Social media posting is not a magic bullet. It is almost like drip marketing in a lot of ways. It's keeping your name in front of clients and potential clients or referrals. It's basically establishing yourself again as the expert in your area, in your field. Um, and, and, and that's just by doing consistency. You, you, just like radio spots, radio advertising, they tell you um, you get the most takeaway from the more ads you run. People start hearing your name all the time, so they remember it. Um, they hear computer repair, they'll remember your company's name, for example. Well, the same goes with social media. So it's consistency to always be posting. So I already kind of knew that. So that wasn't a uh, big takeaway. But the big one that really um, interested me is how important blogging actually is to marketing on the social media space. Because you can link a blog post to your social media uh, post that when they click through to your blog, it starts your sales funnel, your conversion funnel into your website and your contact sheet into them actually picking up the phone or sending you a message for a service that you provide. So um, at first, when we were first going for this project, we were thinking, you know, we'll focus on the drip marketing angle. And it seems the bigger focus is going to be the sales funnel through blogging which both search SEO type blogging and also content blogging. So it, it's been an interesting learning experience, but I think in a few weeks we, we're going to have definitely a uh, service that a lot of people are going to be very interested in. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I and that goes to a broader um, topic of, you know, marketing is not just one thing. So it's not just no. posting on social media. You want to have a solid social media presence in yes. in in tandem with solid blogging, in tandem with a solid newsletter, in tandem with solid SEO, and have all of these pieces working together, um, and they all kind of feed into each other. So if you have a good blog, that helps your SEO. If you have good SEO, that brings people into your newsletter. If you have a good newsletter, that helps people click through to your social media, and it just it's like the circle that just keeps building on each other. Um, so you want to focus on all of these things, definitely. And and one of the another thing that I took away is how neglected social media is by a lot of people in our profession or in the IT space. Mm. Um, a lot of businesses have a page and they don't do anything. They don't use They it. just sit yeah. there and they're like, "Well, I'm on Facebook, so why why are people pounding my door down?" <laughs> and 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 it's kind of interesting uh, to see that you know that you have to be active. Like, um, and I can't take all the credit. I learned most of this from my friend Myra, who's who I'm helping do this. Um, she, what, what got us started on this was at the beginning of the year. She talked me into she. I was complaining about how I don't have a lot of time to do this social media stuff for my own business. She said, "Let me take it over for you. Let me just do some stuff. I think I can make things work." And I said, like, oh, "Okay, yeah, sure. What do you know? I've ran my business four and a half years at that point. What can you do for me that I haven't already figured out?" Within two months, my my postings um, just on social media were already be, being uh, getting more impressions than I'd done on my own. She's like, "Hey, let me start doing some blogging for you." And I was like, "Okay, I blog once at the time. I was blogging once a month. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, people don't care about what I'm doing at the shop. Why, you know, blogging? What's blogging going to do for me?" So I was, yeah, feel free, go for it. So I let her start doing my blogging and. 
um, some of the way she was blogging. Like, I was astounded that people, one, that people actually want to see what's going on in your business. They want to see you. They want to see how you do what you do and associate a face with the company. Like some of the social media posts, people was like, hey, let me take a picture of you fixing this computer. I'm going to post it. I'm like, what the hell cares about me, me fixing a computer? No one wants to see this mug, you know, fixing a darn computer. No, trust me. Just let me take this picture. Sure, whatever. That became one of our highest rating posts ever. You know, you know 2,500 views. And in, in, it was like, wow, really? Um, previously, I'd struggled to get just a few hundred views on my posts. So, um, it was, so it's been stuff that I... And I thought I knew what I was doing with marketing, you know, being a business owner and all that. And apparently I realized that I have a lot to learn. And I see that a lot of people in my position also have a lot to learn. And if we can help them learn that and get some more business through these kind of neglected means through like social media and blogging, then let's do it. Yeah. And I'm all about, um, you know, utilizing experts because we, like you said, as, as computer technicians, we feel like we can know you know, digital marketing and we can figure it out because we're tech savvy and, and, you know, we're good with technology and that sort of thing. But in order to really understand, you need to be immersed in that world. And like your friend, you know, you, you get in, you get insights when you work with a, a huge group of people and you get kind of aggregate data of what works and what doesn't. Whereas as a lone, you know, business owner, you only see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And you might not be able to think outside of your box. Uh, so I, I recommend, you know, definitely uh, looking for for experts and working with experts. You know, using Tech Site Builder, using your service when it comes out, and other types of services that you know they're the experts. They they know that piece of the puzzle. Let them take care of it for you, and then you can concentrate on the stuff you're good at, which is the the technology side or networking or virus removal or whatever that happens to be. Right. So I have a question with the radio spots that you are doing. Do they give you some type of digital file of these interviews for you so you can repurpose that content? Um, I've been asking about those and they've um, been meaning to get those to me, but they haven't as of yet. Gotcha. I haven't been pestering about it but because it hasn't seemed like that big of a deal, but I would like to repost them on my website. So when I go gotcha. down there in a couple of weeks, I'm going to kind of get on the uh, station manager about wanting those recordings. Gotcha. Because I think that would be really cool. Like you mm-hmm. just said, put them on your site, social media uh, stuff, and then even some of the questions coming in as blog topics. I think that'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool as far as what you're doing. That's what I've done actually, is I've used some of those questions as blog topics in the nice. past, but yeah, uploading those to like YouTube and linking them to the site and even posting them to your Facebook. Like, Hey, I was on this radio show. Here's a link to the YouTube. Uh, you can listen to it on YouTube. Here's what I did. You know, check it out. So yeah, that, those kind of things help. Again, like Matt said, it all feeds into one another. Awesome. Uh, cool. So uh, that's about all the time we have today. Uh, but that, that's, I think that's a great kind of out of the box thing to think about being the expert on some sort of broadcast medium, uh, get out there, even like being a guest on a podcast or, you know, uh, contributing to the local paper as an expert, radio ads, uh, TV news, if you can get in, uh, is, is a great opportunity for that. Um, but that's, it's, it's a great story to hear how it's worked very well for you. Um, so I hope people can, uh, can take that and run with it. Um, if folks are interested in, in maybe talking to you about this, the, the new service you're helping put together for social media and blogging, uh, what's the best way for folks to contact you? Oh, just shoot me an email. That's eric at nowhere.tech. That's E-R-I-C at nowhere.tech, N-O-W-A-R-E dot T-E-C-H. Awesome. Nice and simple. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice and simple. Cool. We like it simple here. Well, thanks uh, for being a guest. Um, you, you were a guest on the previous podcast. Thanks for coming back. And I'm sure we'll have you again in the future to talk about 
the how the social media project is going and, and maybe you'll have some more insights uh, that you can share with us later on down the line. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Matt. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, before we get into the tip of the week, um, I do want to give a shout out to our final sponsor, and that is the Unconvention. It is uh, the uh, conference of the year for you if you're a, an IT business owner. This is the place you want to be. Um, what we've been uh, doing here lately is we've been uh, collecting some testimonials from the people who went to the Unconvention last year because, uh, you know, nothing speaks better to an event or a product or something you're trying to sell than, you know, people who are using it, who are happy with it. And we had um, pretty much overwhelming um, positive reaction to the Unconvention last year. Everyone had a great time. Most of them are coming back this year. Um, and, and the reason some aren't is mo mostly just because of, of travel and, and they live far away and stuff like that. Uh, but if they're able to make it, they're, they're wanting to come back because of, of the, uh, the, the atmosphere and the, the stuff they learned. And, uh, instead of, um, trying to tell you myself, I am going to let one of our previous, um, visitors tell you. John Dubinsky, I'm owner of the Maven Group. Since 1995, we've been providing computer services to small and mid-sized businesses. The best part about it was probably the interactive portion of it. Uh, and they're really open and honest communication about how I ran my business and how others ran their business. And even add on to that, the fact that I still communicate with a lot of the people that I met at the Honda Convention last year. Everybody that's you know, doing what we do is struggling and or succeeding in a lot of the same ways. There's always the, you know, the co-factors and the market differences and the, the markets we serve that kind of differentiate us, but we all sort of struggle with the same things. Um, you know, the best way to build, the best way to collect, receivables, marketing, and all that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, it builds your kind of a comfort level that you're not out there alone. Plus, then it's great to understand that, you know, there's a lot of different ways to skin the same cat. So, you know, we can all communicate together and say, hey, you know, how, what's the best way to build? You do monthly billing, fixed billing, retainer billing, hourly billing, or you break fix, that favorite MSP term that we all throw away on now. So the knowledge that we can all work together, kind of throw all of our, our ideas in a basket and then flesh out works best for us. So that's really what I took away, just the knowledge that, hey, everybody's really struggling or succeeding in the same ways I am what's a better way that I could be doing what I'm doing. If you haven't done a lot of conventions, there's no pressure with the unconvention. You know, you shouldn't, you should just be able to kind of slide into the unconvention. Um, if, you know, you can participate as much or as little as you want, but even if you went to the unconvention and didn't say a word, I think you would still come away with a lot. That's John Dubinsky talking about uh, how he went to the unconvention uh, last year and um, how he was excited about coming again this year because mainly because of the community and because of the other attendees and the other things you learn from the other business owners. There's a lot of interaction that happens at the unconvention. So if you want to attend the unconvention this year, we'd love to have you head on over to unconvention.io and be sure to use the coupon code TSB. And that's going to give you um, $40 off your attendance at the unconvention uh, and that is september 16th and 17th of this year in washington dc and we hope to see you at the unconvention all right uh, the computer business marketing tip for uh, today 
um, is just something that I kind of want to remind folks. I want to remind you guys uh, that marketing isn't all about online uh, ads and social media. We're talking about that a lot here, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. And really the most effective type of marketing you can do is to get in front of your potential clients and meet them face to face. So whether that's going to networking events, getting out to the community, uh, doing community events, doing outreach, or just, you know, getting out into the world, getting out from behind your computer and getting out into the world and meeting people face to face. All of the best client relationships I've built have been with folks I've met face to face. Speaking of the unconvention, actually last year at the unconvention, there were a handful of folks who said that they had, you know, heard of, of tech site builder, but they never really considered it until they met me at the unconvention. And then afterwards they decided to give it a spin. They had a chance to, to ask me questions about it and learn more about it. And I was able to, you know, pitch it to them in a way that, that fit their business and fit their personality. And that kind of back and forth in person dialogue is there, there, nothing can beat it as far as getting your message in front of, of potential clients, especially those bigger clients like business clients. And, uh, and those types of folks, um, who might not be necessarily looking at Facebook ads, nothing beats that kind of face to face interaction. So just a little reminder there, meet your clients face to face, uh, and, um, you know, make sure you're not neglecting that part of your business. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and let us know what you think in the comments uh, below the show notes. Uh, also, don't forget, you can send questions or feedback to mail at techsitebuilder.com. Let us know that you have a question for the podcast and we'll be happy to answer it on air. Or again, just visit computerbusinessmarketing.com and we'll answer your questions there. Yep. And if you guys listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that other podcasts can be found by others out there. And actually, um, I forgot to do this at the top of the show, so I'll do this now. We did get a uh, an iTunes review. Um, this iTunes review is from our friend Bruce Corson. This is our official first uh, iTunes review of the new podcast. Uh, so I want to give Bruce a shout out um, and thank him for that review. Um, it's a long review, so I'll let you guys go to iTunes and read it. But basically, he's saying that he appreciates that we're focusing in on marketing um, as opposed to how we had the podcast before, where it was just kind of a scattershot of anything that had to do with computer business. Um, now that we're able to focus in on marketing, we're able to bring uh, much more actionable tips and, and stuff in the podcast. And he recognizes that and he thanks us for that. So um, thank you, Bruce, for that. Uh, and this is just a reminder, head on over to iTunes. This is a brand new show, uh, fresh off the presses. So we need you to definitely come over and leave a review. Even if you did on the old show, we'd appreciate you leaving a review on the new show as well. Uh, and finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Unconvention and Tech Site Builder. Thanks again for listening to the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Mm -hmm.